Today is Tuesday, July 18th, and you're tuned in to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I am your host, Donald Ware. I am back from vacation and ready to rock and roll. Had a, had a great time, as you guys heard on yesterday, as we were able to talk about Alabama State and doing that uh, particular podcast remotely. Well, I'm back in the studio and I'm raring to go, and we're going to continue with the SWAC and more specifically the SWAC's Eastern Division. As today, we're going to take a look at the Jackson State Tigers. Only three wins in 2016, and they have an uphill, a bit of an uphill battle, I think, for 2017. And I'm going to talk more about why I think that is. However, they had what we, we ranked as the third best recruiting class amongst all of the HBCU FCS schools. And they had a pretty good recruiting class, I must say. I, I, I don't know if a lot of those guys will be an integral part of the 2017 Jackson State Tigers, but uh, moving forward, the future looks bright. And um, Tony Hughes, known as a master recruiter. I mean, this is going to be his second season at the helm of the Tigers. Uh, all of those years at Mississippi State was one of the known as one of the best recruiters in the country. And no doubt when he signed those 34 players back in February, and a lot of those guys are going to definitely be future guys. But if, if we're going to talk about Tony Hughes and recruiting, and even before I talk about that, because it was a struggle for Jackson State on last year. This is a, a, a Jackson State program that has won numerous SWAC championships, has a, a just a great history. For those that don't know the history of Jackson State football with the likes of Walter Payton and Jackie Slater, just to name a few. And by the way, I, I want to take this moment to say that Robert Brazil, who had a phenomenal career in the National Football League with the Houston Oilers, should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We had him as a guest on last year as part of our HBCU Legend Series, and we talked with him about that. And, I mean, I can remember when he played, and when you look at, when you think about how he played and how really, really good he was for the Oilers. And then you couple that with the numbers that he put up. He averaged something like 128 tackles a game, something crazy, which nowadays for linebackers is a a, a very solid number. But back when he was playing, I mean, that's, that's a lot of tackles. Um, he's one that should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I say that to say that Jackson State has had some really, really great players come through uh, Jackson State. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And and with that, and you talk about great players that came through Jackson State. And one of the things I think we do today as a society, we're, we're quick to say everybody's great. This is great. That is great. A player has one good season. We call him great. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, Javancy Jones, okay, was a great player his last year at Jackson State was last year he led the team with 82 tackles and this is a young man that can play he's played middle line or he played middle linebacker he played outside he put his hand in the dirt at defensive end anything you needed to him to do he could do it and by the way he had four head coaches in four seasons 82 tackles 19 and a half of those for loss on last year and four sacks as he was named to, uh, for the second time in second straight year as a box-to-row All-American. And you have to wonder, how do you go about 
replacing a guy like that that had all of those numbers because really the strength of Jackson State's football team last year, and it wasn't just Javancy Jones, who, by the way, should have been drafted. He didn't get drafted. I, I don't remember. He ended up signing a free agent contract, but now he's um, he decided that, um, you know, he's decided to 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 not pursue football as a career. And, I mean, I, I can't really blame him. I mean, if you look at the number one, I mean, he's got his whole career in front of him. He graduated with a degree in four years. And, by the way, graduated with something close to like a 3.6 GPA. So, um, hey, Javanti, do your thing, man. Uh, do your thing. But when I mention those numbers, okay, I mentioned the numbers, 19 and a half tackles for loss, um, 82 tackles, Overall, 41 of those solo, a guy that's regularly double and triple teamed and had a a really good season last year, good sophomore season, a breakout freshman year as well. And by the way, you talk about academics. This is a kid coming out of high school that had offers from Duke, uh, from Vanderbilt. The list goes on and on. Um, How do you go about replacing that in those particular numbers and a guy that meant everything from a defensive standpoint. Well, one of the ways, and I'm not going to say you you replace because you can never replace a guy like a Javante Jones, but the bottom line is I think Jackson State has some really good players already there. And and a couple of those guys, I mean, you have to start out with uh, Keontre Anderson, who, by the way, on Friday was named the SWAC's preseason defensive player of the year. And I'm raised to you the numbers or mentioned to you the numbers that Javancy Jones had. Listen to these numbers by Anderson. 55 tackles. He's a linebacker and played all played all he played linebacker. Like I mentioned, Javancy played a couple of different positions throughout the course of his career, could put his hand in the dirt as well. But Anderson, linebacker, 55 tackles, 31 of those solo, 25 and a half tackles for loss, which led the nation. 25 and a half tackles for loss. Also had nine sacks on the season. I, you know, because of the reputation, and, and again, I mentioned great players. So to me, um, Javanchi Jones is going to go down as one of those great players in Jackson State history. And I mean, he did it all four years. Jones, uh, because he not only had a really good senior year, but had three really good years prior to that almost overshadowed Anderson in some respects but also you can look at it is because Javancy was able to get some of those double teams and so forth Anderson benefited from that but the bottom line is this is a young man that comes back that's going to be really 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 special and help to lead a Jackson State defense that was actually pretty good on last year despite uh the, the only the three wins a lot of that was because they, they just didn't have a really good offense. Also returning, Sean Bishop returns as well. Andre Lloyd returns as well. So you have sort of that leadership there, um, especially at the linebacker position. But I want to mention a name to you guys. I want you to be on the lookout for this name, a young man by the name of Dion Pope. He's a defensive tackle. Um, he... He has a very interesting story. So he was at a community college, and um, as a matter of fact, he was at Copiah Lincoln Community College and became ineligible. So he actually 
was working literally um, at a chicken plant and, you know, hated that. But he was able to 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 get back eligible. And uh, a couple of SEC schools were pursuing him, um, including Mississippi State, Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State continued to pursue him. Uh, ultimately, he signed um, once he was back eligible with Mississippi State, went through their spring drills and then decided that he wanted to be a little bit closer to home and transferred to Jackson State. Now, while he didn't play a down for Mississippi State, um, from what I read, he was second on their depth chart. So now you're going to bring a guy like that into the fold with all of the aforementioned players. I mean, that's going to be a pretty good defense, I think, uh, for Jackson State. And so, you know, listen, the Eastern Division, um, again, as I mentioned yesterday with Alabama State, I think they're going to be improved. I, I just think that um, it, it's anybody's um, division to win. I Obviously, and we're going to look at Alcorn State tomorrow. I think you have to go with Alcorn State as the three-time defending Eastern Division champions. But I think, again, Jackson State is going to be much improved last uh, this year from last year. They're going to have more than the three wins that they had in 2016. Let's take a, a, a quick look at the offensive side of the football. Um, it's going to begin at quarterback. And, and really, the quarterback position, is it, it could be wide open. Uh, to be quite honest with you, Brent Lyles had a really good spring, had an outstanding spring game. He's the guy that's, you know, he's the guy right now. It's essentially his position to lose. But Tony Hughes has mentioned a couple of younger guys that maybe could come in. And so it's going to be able to at least, at the very least, push Lyles, who has college experience. And that's going to be the key, especially when you look at this Jackson State football team as a whole. What is the experience like overall? 45 guys coming into this program that did not play, have, or have not played a single down of college football. They've never played a down of college football. And 30 of those guys are freshmen. They're going to be reliant on a lot of those guys, especially on the offensive side of the football. So Brent Lyles is going to have to definitely step up um, at the quarterback position, so uh, show some leadership. And they also have a young man in Jordan Johnson who comes back at running back. That's maybe going to take some of the pressure um, off of Lyles. Average 6.4 yards per carry last year. 477 yards rushing, two touchdowns. So if he can get in there and get some carries, then that should bode well from an offensive standpoint for Jackson State. By the way, um, Jackson State hires two new coaches, and and we mentioned the offensive line as uh, Carl Big C. Roberts returns to his alma mater, and he's going to be the offensive line coach, and he's going to have some work to do, no question about it, but – you know, he was a really good offensive lineman when he played at Jackson State, coached some pretty good um, Jackson State's in, uh, uh, some linemen at Jackson State in a couple of stints with the Tigers. So, you know, he knows the program um, uh, and, you know, adapts to Tony Hughes' system, but he's going to be responsible for that offensive line and getting that offensive line up to key. And then they also hire uh, Lionel Stokes um, to the coaching staff. He's going to be the defensive backs coach. So that's a, a small look anyway at Jackson State. On tomorrow, we're going to look at Jackson State's rival, 
Alcorn State, who, again, three-time defending Eastern Division champions. Again, don't forget, if you missed any of our daily podcasts, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. BoxToRow.com, you can listen to any of the now or previous 21 podcasts you can also download the podcasts or the podcasts as well as well as listening to them uh, online don't forget to tell your friends about the hbcu football daily podcast as we're kicking off the hbcu football season very very early for those that live in north carolina and more specifically in the raleigh durham area don't forget this saturday it's going to be our hb it's going to be our countdown to kickoff and we have invited um, and and uh, well, nine of uh, uh, the HBCU football playing institutions or 10 of them actually in the state of North Carolina, eight of the head coaches are going to be there. We're doing a live show. It's going to be at Jimmy V's, which is downtown Raleigh. It's located at the in I should say, the Sheraton Raleigh Hotel. So if you happen to be listening to this particular podcast um, and you live in the Raleigh area, you're somewhere in North Carolina. Come on out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Head coaches from Shaw, uh, St. Augustine's, North Carolina Central, North Carolina A&T, Winston-Salem State, Livingstone, um, uh, Elizabeth City State, and Johnson C. Smith will all be in attendance, so it should be a good time. Come on out. It's going to be our third annual countdown to kick off. Alcorn State is on deck for tomorrow, and we'll talk with you then.